time to turbocharge your online presence and unlock the true potential of your website's digital journey with their frictionless experience. This podcast delves deep into the world of user experience to help you eradicate costly friction. Join us as we dive into website and mobile app optimization to explore how refining your digital playground can become a game changer for your business. This is the Frictionless Experience, brought to you by Blue Triangle. Hello, and welcome to the Frictionless Experience, the podcast where we lay waste to digital friction. I'm Chuck Moxley. And I'm Nick Palladino. On today's episode, we're continuing our deep dive into the five friction forces that are impacting your customers' digital experiences. And today we're going to be focusing on seasonality, which is perfect for today, given that it is the single biggest shopping day for many retail websites, Cyber Monday. Now, joining us today is Mike Lively. Mike is the Senior Vice President of Engineering at Slick Deals. Mike, welcome to the Frictionless Experience. Thank you for having me. So, uh, Mike, can you, because not everybody's probably familiar with what or who Slick Deals is, can you give us a kind of quick explanation of what you guys do and who you are? Uh, Absolutely. So Slick Deals really sits at the intersection of commerce and and social. So what we are most known for is our ability to uh, source our community and our staff to find the best deals that are online at any given point in time, which this time of season, there's generally a, a lot of those. Uh, so our, our goal and our mission is to really get the best deals in front of users, regardless of the source. So, so you're really a community, like a community of shoppers. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the thing that separates us out from like just going and searching for something on Google or, or any other like deal aggregation site is we have a community of over 10 million users that are also offering feedback of the quality of the deal, quality of the product and quality of the merchant experience. I'm pretty excited to be talking to you today because um, during a lot of that operational time uh, at Home Depot, the first thing that would happen when we saw a big spike on on Cyber Monday or Black Friday, hey, go check Slick Deals. Are we showing up somewhere? It was it, that 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 was like the operational process. The first thing we would do: go check Slick Deals. So it's really cool to talk to you today. Yeah, absolutely. I've uh, I've had that interaction with several different merchants in the past. Uh, they're there has been known uh, a known slick deals effect at times, uh, less so now. Like folks <laughs> are sure. getting their act together on the performance side, but uh, yeah, that, that used to be a thing in the past. Well, and for perspective, you all are one of the top ten most visited websites on the on the web, right? According to to uh, similar web. Yeah, uh, when we're in the 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 Black Friday Cyber Week uh, time of year, yes, we uh, from the shopping perspective, we are one of the top sites in the U.S. Gotcha. Okay. So, so you definitely have to deal with volume. So, and you've been with Slick Deals now for almost 10 years, which is very impressive. Tell us a little bit about your role and what's been your team's primary focus this year. Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, I started at Slick Deals a little bit over nine years ago. Um, my focus has always been in the ar- architecture and, and, and managing of, of technology. Over the last couple of years, I expanded my role in, in them overseeing most of engineering. But uh, the the interesting, the most interesting thing that happened to me, and it kind of relates to seasonality, is about week two, uh, we had our our site dropped on the Bill O'Reilly show, uh, circa. This would have been around 2014, so a, a little bit more popular back then than maybe he was now. But uh, it immediately shot our active users on the site at that moment up to about 45,000 users at just all at once. 
and uh, I, I experienced the first uh, issues around the problems that we would have with seasonality. So uh, completely unexpected. It was one of those things where uh, we had no idea that that was going to happen. It just happened. And, and similar to what you were talking about uh, at Home Depot, Nick, we were talking about, where is this traffic coming from? <laughs> then, then we saw it and was like, oh, no. Uh, so uh, it was a, a little bit of a baptism by fire in terms of, of getting our site ready for that massive amount of traffic. Uh, so, yeah. That's pretty cool because it's like that unexpected seasonality. But um when you really think about it, what does that mean for our users? And in your world, it's obviously users that are like, oh, that's cool. Let me go check and see what deals exist. This is a great shopping stop for me to start. And so now I have a new home to be able to go find some deals. But in, you know, retailers worlds or or the, you know, banking industry or in hospitality, wherever it may be, when they have those sudden spikes that are caused by something, does that increase demand or drop demand based on the fact that that user that's coming to the site is is just as meaningful as users that are organically coming to the site right right like what did bill o'reilly actually do to be able to create the the um interest and did that mean that those users were just as engaged as your other users yeah i mean that's a that's a really good question so that the the answer to that is it, it really depends on the situation like in in the case of, of bill o'reilly he was he was mentioning us as a site that he visits frequently to find the best deals online so when that happened all of a sudden an expectation was created for uh, several thousand users of uh, slick deals is going to be able to show me a good deal as well so um i i think the the, for us, what we need to ensure of in that uh, those either expected or unexpected periods of spikes is that we are able to offer a consistent experience that uh, th those that are kind of giving us that free marketing and in the case of Bill O'Reilly have experienced in the past, we need to provide that for those users at that time as well. So um, it's, it's really that consistency that I, I think is, is key from a, a seasonality perspective is can you offer the same thing at those at those times as, as what you would offer on a daily basis to your hardcore users. Yeah, and that's a, a perfect summary, high level understanding of why seasonality is a friction force because it's it's potentially bringing a lot of friction to your customer experience, and for many people, it's the first time they experience your brand, and that can be brand damaging or brand building depending on how you handle that. Yeah. Uh, Totally agree. Yeah. So uh, when you think about trying to provide that consistent experience, you're you're coming off again. This is for many, and I don't know if this case for you guys, but many retailers, this is the busiest day of the year. You're coming off potentially the busiest week of the year. How does your team prepare for those seasonal bursts at, at Slick Deals to deliver that same frictionless experience? Yeah, it's a great question. It's definitely a, a high focus for us. And, and we, we really have three different periods like this. Uh, obviously, for us, it's it's in particular Black Friday, the Friday after Thanksgiving, that is far and away our highest traffic period. Um, Cyber Monday and the, the week following is close second. 
but then we also have Prime Day uh, that, that Amazon started and, and they just now are doing it in October in addition to July. So those are really the three highest traffic periods for us. And, and, when, and we use them to build on each other. So uh, we, we leverage a, a lot of, of load testing to prepare for those uh, Black Friday periods where, or excuse me, for those Prime Day periods where, where we're expecting an elevated amount of traffic. Uh, and, and it's not just load testing in the sense of let's just throw a little bit of traffic. Like we are simulating what we would expect to see over the course of Black Friday in our production environment. So we can see how how is it going to react and how is it going to impact our, our users that are on the site right now in the middle of, of October. Um, and, and that generally helps us find a lot of, of things that otherwise would have just uh, gone unnoticed until it was too late. Until we're, we're sitting there on Friday trying to figure out how are we going to get our site back up and running. Um, so that, that preparation is, is wildly important for us. You know, it's interesting. We occasionally talk to somebody who goes, well, once you fix all these problems on your site, why do you need to keep doing the monitor and keep doing doing all that? I wonder if somebody is wondering the same thing, right? If you've if you do this load testing and you've prepared for the biggest day of the year, then why do you have to keep doing it throughout the year? Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm sure uh, Nick has experienced this in his career a lot, but very, very rarely does a website not change over the course of the year, right? We we have a, a great team of engineers at, at Slick Deals that is constantly making changes, tweaks, improvements based on things coming from our, our, our business team, from our product team. Um, so it, it's there will never be a point at which the site as it was on Black Friday of last year is going to be the same as it is on Black Friday of this year. So it's really testing through those changes, right? Um, and it's not even just changes, but uh, the, the landscape changes around you as well. Like, uh, and in fact, one of the things that we found out most recently in our, in our most recent round of, of load testing was uh, some issues and, and not issues, but things that we changed about our CDN layer. And, and all of a sudden now is a big difference. And that was the bottleneck that we discovered ahead of time that we could get resolved before it became a true problem for us. So it, it's important to just repeat those steps on a regular basis. Um, like it's it's like brushing your teeth you can't just do it once and say you're good because you're, you're going to eat something after that right so you, you gotta it's it's a daily activity uh, uh in that case and in this case probably not quite daily but yeah pretty close to it i like that analogy on on brushing your teeth because you know brushing your teeth one time it doesn't feel like you're really doing all that much other than giving yourself like a fresh feel but that long arc, right? Then you have to go to the dentist every six months. If you only do one or the other, you're obviously going to have bad teeth. You have to do both. So you have like that, that load testing, that big check that's going to the dentist. And then you have your everyday activity. And, you know, frankly, to your point, most sites nowadays are in like a microservices environment where they're changing multiple things a day constantly. And so you have to constantly be validating that and understanding um, and then that also just generally reminds me of a of an approach of destructive testing that I always loved. Intentionally break a service and see what happens. Do it in prod if you're if you're feeling feeling risky, but um, you could just do it in lower environments as well. And just just intentionally break something and see what ends up happening, where failover happens, what ends up occurring. Because you know e even if you do really robust load testing, how do you know that the CDN isn't going to end up having some kind of backlog issue inside the logging that then creates some cascading issue that bubbles up into, you know, I'm making it up at this point. No, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a really good point. You can only prepare 
for so much. Like the, the Bill O'Reilly case, that was an, an excellent example. Like at that point in time, we got more traffic than we would actually get during a, a normal Black Friday as well, at least at, at that at that time in Slick Deals history. Um, so you do have to plan for a, those situations where you just, you don't have enough resources to handle what what is coming your way. Uh, well, one of the features that we uh, worked on for this holiday season is, is a, a revamp uh, and, and sort of a test of, of a new search platform that we're leveraging. So you can, you can go check that out. It's a, a semantic search. And that's one of the questions we're asking is, is if this service is not available, like what is the user experience we want to offer to our customer? Because it's, it, it's those, in the seasonal times where you're getting more users that you don't get on a regular basis, it, it, maybe it's not your first impression, but it's it's a very rare impression for you. So you, you don't have much time with this individual to establish the value that you offer to them. So having those backup plans in place, if that, that key piece of value you're wanting to offer for whatever reason just isn't available. Now, Slick Deals is unique in that you're an aggregator versus a retailer. You don't actually sell products. So what are the specific levers you're able to pull to address these spikes and dips in traffic that come due to seasonality? Yeah, um, that, that's, a, that's a good question. It, it is a, a little bit of a different ballgame for us. And in, in many ways, it's actually easier because uh, uh, we, uh, I guess it's a, there's two sides to the coin. The easier part about it is uh, we, we aren't responsible for the cart. Right? So when a, when a user comes to us, we are directing them to Home Depot or a uh, system to any one of a number of merchants that are actually offering the deal for, uh, for the consumer. Uh, but that's also the, the flip side of that is our success is now dependent on other merchants and, and their capabilities to handle that traffic as well. Um, so we do have some uh, amount of control that we we can leverage in terms of what are we trying to push more traffic to. Uh, we haven't had a situation like this arise in quite some time where if, if a if a particular merchant's site was down, uh, we we could pull traffic away from them until they were back up and then and then kind of go um, back into our normal mode or what have you. But um, th those are some of the things that we have uh, the ability to to react to. On a relatively quick basis. And what have you observed? I'm I'm curious if a and it sounds like it doesn't happen often, but if you have a deal come up for another retailer and that site is down, do they then come back to your site and find see if they can find the product somewhere else or a similar deal? Do they just bounce all together? What what happens to that traffic typically? Yeah, for for us, we we generally will get that that user back. That's that's the beauty of being in an aggregator is, is our our value isn't reliant on just one need, right? Like they, they can, uh, they, they are probably looking for something that uh, multiple merchants could offer them or or they're just looking for some of the best deals. And if, if that one deal isn't working out well for them, there's another 99 on the, on the, the backside of it, right? So I, for us, that, that is not as big of an issue as, as what I could see with an actual true retail site where if, if, if your cart's not working, they're gone, um, and you you probably don't see them for a while. How does your team work with other teams at the company to prepare for these peak periods? For example, the SEO and the demand teams. Yeah, this is a, it's a great question. So for us, the, these are ongoing relationships within our organization. We don't just okay, it's a couple of months before 
Thanksgiving. Let's everybody talk to each other now. Uh, it, it's an ongoing conversation, right? So um, the, the biggest thing that is important for us to establish before we get into the, the seasonal periods is what are we doing from a marketing perspective? Like what is our overall strategy, both from the business perspective, working with our merchants, but also from the consumer perspective of or perspective of, of helping our, our consumers find what they need. What is that strategy? Where where is the traffic going to be pushed to? And then that helps us from the the technology side to understand where do we need to spend our time testing, uh, what what are the flows that we need to really ensure our uh, operating at peak performance and and are ready for that heightened amount of traffic. So what are I'm curious if you've got some stories here. Like what are what kind of problems have you been able to avoid by planning ahead for seasonality? An example of when you thought you prepared, but then something unexpected beyond Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> and what was the impact of that? Yeah. Um I don't have too many interesting stories from the the business perspective. We've been doing this for quite some time, and honestly, so I, I joined nine years ago, and the company at that time was still fourteen years old. So, like we've we've been doing this for a long time. So the the business side of things um, are are we we have a pretty good grasp on that. Uh, we have run into technology issues in in, in the past, however, um, and it's it's really. Uh, the the first few years that I was I was working with Slick Deals, it's like the the biggest issue that we would have would just rotate. Like one year we bottlenecked on the database, and then we fixed that, and and then that was obviously a huge focus for us uh, for the following year to make sure that never happened again. And we did a great job, but we did such a good job that we ruined our caching layer. So then we we just had to continue moving up and down the stack. Uh, we haven't had significant technology issues for for quite some time. So uh, we're, we're in a much much better spot for that now than, than what we've been in the past. Um, from the business perspective, I think uh, some of the things that maybe we, we've, we've run across that are interesting is um, having a really good sense of where your traffic is actually going uh, does give you the opportunity to to be a little bit more reactive and making sure you're getting the right message in the right spot for users. So we we have a lot of of metrics and and um, uh, tracking influent on the site, uh, so we can see very very quickly where are the users going. Because sometimes the best laid plans from a marketing perspective will com be completely ignored by your third users, and they will go somewhere else uh, on your site that you weren't anticipating anticipating them going to. Uh, so be, being able to detect that and and uh, look at those experiences in the lens of, oh, this is getting much more traffic than I expected and being able to adjust to account for how can we best talk to those users that are going to this place we didn't expect. Um, and that actually does happen often for us because one of the things that is very different for us versus retail is there's no surprises for the retailers in terms of the content available to them. Like uh, a, a retail store knows what they're going to be offering to their consumers on Black Friday. We have a pretty good idea because we have good relationships with our merchants, but we don't know what is the deal that's going to resonate the most with the community until the community starts voting on it the day before or the day of, of Black Friday, right? So for us, being able to understand where our users going is, is incredibly important because it, it's probably far less predictable for us than it is for, for a general retail site. 
That's pretty cool in general, just to think about. I mean, I'm looking at slick deals right now and, you know, obviously it's, it's a big, big moment leading up to the moment of the right now, but just it, the diversity of, of what is there and the juxtaposition, like I'm looking at a, a set of tools right next to a thing of Play-Doh. Like that's, <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> like side by side, same exact real estate. That is something that we're talking about internally and have been talking about for quite some time. It's uh, There's an interesting dichotomy of personalization versus opportunism. I don't know if I'm making that word up, but no, that's, that's it. But I mean, frankly, this targets me perfectly. I don't know if you did that somehow, but I, I have a eight month old right now and I love tools, right? Like this, this hit me. It's perfect. That was your customized journey, Nick. You just didn't realize it. it that's, that's a data on the back end. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying there's you're, something, you're there's something cool happening here. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Every episode, we find a way to get the book in the in the title. Um, so, uh, you, I, I imagine there's almost an infinite number of journeys that customers could take. And the way you talk about it is that uh, more reactive, like you start seeing this particular journey get a lot of traffic, and you and you go make adjustments, or is it proactive? Are you able to kind of analyze that in advance, or based on past historical traffic? And start to anticipate w what you need to do in those journeys to make it the best experience possible. Yeah, I mean, you you want that to be as proactive as possible, right? Because uh, you you're always going to give yourself more at bats if you get started before the before the users are actually on the site. We think about it more uh, from the template perspective, not so much from the individual deal perspective. Like, what are the things that we need to offer uh, on? our deal page template that is going to resonate with users that are coming here during Black Friday, whether that's uh, let's actually push our deal alert functionality, which you can use that to, to subscribe basically to, to new deals coming into the system that match whatever your search criteria is, or do we use it to push our, our newsletter functionality uh, and, and kind of what are the goals that we have as a, as a business in general? So um, that that's, probably the primary way that we think about it. Um, you do still want to think about it from the perspective of reactiveness, but uh, what we are focusing on from the reactive view is leveraging a lot more machine learning, AI, and, and kind of behavioral gymnastics to, to leverage the bulk of the traffic that we are seeing to help inform what do we do for the next person, right? The, the, essentially the, the machine learning side of, of search and personalization. Um, that's that's probably the best way to handle that reactive piece because um, there's only so many hours in a day that you have available <laughs> when you're in the moment, right? Um, you don't have enough time to react quick enough often. So then let's let's take that uh, and and push it back towards seasonality. What does it take to make sure that those new technologies are actually going to handle the volumes of Cyber Monday? Yeah, and that's heading right back into load testing, right? So. Um, that's one good thing that we do around load testing that I'll, I'll highly recommend to everybody is, is taking two views on it. Um, you, you mentioned kind of this microservices world. Uh, so, uh, in, in that microservices world, it's important to test your site as a whole. Uh, like we have several different services on the back end that, that power slick deals, but we will load test slick deals itself, uh, in that production mode, uh, 
and and see does it just does it handle everything all together but then we are also doing very in-depth load testing and, and performance testing on each of those services individually as well and we probably do that much more often it's usually easier to test at an individual service level um, than it is the, the full site and so we, we do that a lot more frequently and then we just follow it up kind of as we get closer to the holiday of hey now does everything working together uh, perform well as well. So for a retailer, they typically will consider a conversion, a purchase. In your world, what do you guys consider a conversion? Do you have such a thing? Yeah, so the, this is actually a very, very unique thing for us. Um, uh, and, uh, in, in our world, we're, we're essentially a, just a very large affiliate marketing company. So for us, the conversion is still the sale. Uh, on the merchant site, and, and we we are pulling a, a commission from that sale. Um, which the challenge of that is is we don't know when that happens very fast because that's that's information that the merchant knows right away. But then we have to wait for the merchant to tell the the affiliate network. Then we have to wait for the affiliate network to tell us. So oftentimes we don't have that definitive information about the conversion for anywhere from twenty four hours to during. This this holiday period at that that time can extend out to seven uh, days or more, uh, and in some merchant cases, that those affiliate that affiliate reporting doesn't actually happen until like the item is shipped, and so it, it varies wildly. So we have to rely a lot more on kind of leading indicators, like did they click out to the merchant site, and then um, kind of understand from that what's the, what's the likelihood then of that that click out to the merchant site and conversion on the merchant site. And that's what we have to optimize towards in the very moment. I think something that's really cool there then is you can start to measure the success of different merchants, right? So you're sending them a hundred. How many of them are sending you back 70 versus 60 versus 50 versus 95, right? So I think that's, that's probably an interesting data point in its own. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's something we we track very very closely, and, and uh, we are able to to glean a lot of information about of that. It just it's not information that we can react to quickly. Like it's very much a lagging indicator for us, which is which is always a little little tricky to to deal with. So, what are some different strategies you've tried during off season to improve conversions? Then, yeah, a, a lot of it is. Um, really just it's it's not really that different for us it, it's are we able to find deals that speak to the user that we have in front of us today and and what are what are the um what are the the categories what are the kind of deals that that work the best for that individual user and and just trying to to lean more in on personalization and and can we start to provide that one to one experience as opposed to just showing everybody the same thing. Uh, we're, we're still very much at the like front half of that journey today. Um, that's something that we're, we've been working on improving over the last uh, year or, or so. Um, it actually goes back even even further than that. But um, so that's a big part of it. And then we're, we're doing a lot of different testing uh, all throughout the year around what are, what are some of the uh, marketing messages that work well for us over email and then just kind of continuing to develop those those campaigns so th that's that's usually where our, our focus sits in terms of that user optimization do you know which friction points are hurting you the most 
Finding friction with your current tech stack is a good start, but monitoring and digital analytics tools only tell part of the story, leaving you with unanswered questions. Only Blue Triangle quantifies revenue-robbing friction on every page so you can prioritize issues and fix what matters most. Companies can't afford websites with maddening friction. Visit bluetriangle.com today and turn observability into profitability. To learn more or request a demo, visit bluetriangle.com. Gotcha. And a factor, obviously, in site performance are third-party tags, especially during peak periods. Are there performance issues they present? And if so, how do you address those to minimize those performance issues? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. So what I have found in the last few years is the biggest issue that we do have during these holiday periods is actually uh, it's, it's third parties that are, are causing issues for our, our end users. Um, and if, for us, this sort of turns into a little bit of a, a non-issue because we do have the ability to detect what are the when are those third parties giving us issues? Uh, I'll, I'll give a shout out to the Blue Triangle platform that helps us a lot with that. Uh, but then not just leveraging Blue Triangle to see um, how what what are the the pixels that are causing us issues. But when we implement the pixels, we're implementing them in a way that we can very quickly turn them off, whether it be through Google Tag Manager or uh, some uh, like we have our own kind of backend platform that we can do that with as well. Um, so we're able to react to that really quickly. And, and if, if a tag is being particularly problematic, we just turn it off. And then when we're back into a lower traffic period of time or we hear from them that, hey, yeah, we had a problem, but now it's fixed, we can we can turn it right back on and, and continue to, to glean the value from that, that integration. So no matter what time it is right now that you're listening to this, it's Cyber Monday and you probably have a tag issue going on right now because there's... There's just so many things that go wrong. One of my favorite things to talk about with, with tags, um, you know, if you have a hundred tags and you expect 99.97% reliability on any specific tag, which is fantastic. That still means you have like five hours of downtime every week in, in some tags, something is down, something is problematic, which then bubbles up to about an hour a day where you have a tag problem. Now, on top of that, let's add Cyber Monday's traffic. You probably have a tag problem going on right this second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that kind of goes back to what we were talking earlier about plan for things to not work. Like, what, what are you going to do when that tag problem arises? Are, are you able to turn it off? If, if not, maybe work on that. You're not going to be able to have a, a, a tag layout that's perfect. Um, because you don't have control and, and you're, you're relying not just on your own team to do all of this performance testing and things like that, but now you're relying on a hundred different partners to do exactly the same thing. And if they don't, they can cause issues on, on your side or if, if uh, even if they do, like the, the best laid plans, right, uh, can, can often fail. So, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a really good point. And, you know, on top of that, make sure that when they do fail, they're out of the critical render path. That's something that's just so key for every single site. If it's not providing something that the user expects, interacts with, or sees, they should not be in the critical render path, period. And so get them out onto the back. And you know, one thing that um, 
we hear often uh, when when we're talking about this concept is like attribution data. Oh, we're going to lose a lot of we're going to lose a lot of data because people leave early. Well, they're leaving early because you're slowing down the website and it's actually creating a worse experience. So if you just get them all out into the later side, you're going to keep more users and less bounce is going to happen. So we end up seeing that that attribution data actually increases when you defer tags in mass as opposed to improves when you prioritize them. So it's one of those those areas where uh, marketers are always shocked when when you kind of come through and you kind of say, hey, no, this is like, this is actually better for you. It, it, we're not just doing this for the tech stack. Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, <laughs> front end performance is one of the things that I just absolutely love talking about and, and I'm sure you've seen this as well uh, but one of the things that consistently shocks me is that there there isn't always a lot of thought that goes into how are these tags implemented across sites like even even the instructions that you'll get from your partners of how to integrate their tag uh, where we, we put a lot of rigor into reviewing that on the engineering side of slick deals to make sure like are they are they forcing us to put this into the, the critical path where, and, and does it actually need to be there? And, and we've had a lot of back and forth with different, different partners uh, to, to kind of adjust how they were asking us to implement the tag so that we can get it out of that path, just like you're saying. Um, yeah, we, we've, we've seen a ton of that. We, that we, we have a lot of third, third party tags on our site. Um, and sometimes uh, you, just, you can't avoid it. Sometimes it does have to be in the critical path, but then is it worth it? Uh, is the question to ask. And if your site is actively experiencing an issue, is it worth it right at that moment? Because oftentimes, 99% uh, of the time, it's fine. It's just, can you handle that 1% of the time or even less than 1% of the time where it's problematic? Um, that, and that gives you just a ton of flexibility at that point. So Mike, what's one, what, what do people get wrong about seasonality and digital experiences? What's a widely held belief about seasonality that you fundamentally disagree with? Uh, that's, that's a good question. So I, I think for me, uh, the, the thing that I feel about seasonality that I, I haven't heard a lot of other people, uh, say is I, not to forget the value that you can provide to the consumer after that seasonal period is over. Um, something, uh, I'll give you a, a deal tip. Uh, so this, this one, this one's free. Uh, the best deals online are not during Black Friday and Cyber Monday. There are great deals, but the best deals are going to be happening throughout the year. And that's, that's one of the huge value propositions for slick deals is we will tell you when those deals are happening and you don't have to just come and, and cross your fingers that we got something good on, on Black Friday or Cyber Monday. Like we'll, we'll have something good other times of the year as well. And making sure that the, 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 our users understand that, and especially those ones that are coming just that one time a year, because Black Friday is always like that. That's the big shopping holiday. Um, can, can we convince them in that brief time that they're at our site that, you know what, you should actually come here next week as well, because there's, there's going to be a, a lot of sales still going on. Right. Um, uh, oftentimes, I think we can get wrapped up on, can we close the sale right now? Which is important. Uh, I don't want to discount that at all. But I, I think sometimes the focus can be too much on that and less on how can we we retain or convert that user into somebody that's coming back to us on a, on a regular basis. Um, like the the perfect scenario is, can you recreate that seasonality at a time of your choosing? And uh, I, someday, I hope to unlock that. I'll be a very rich man. but. <laughs> We're still working on that. 
So, Mike, besides listening to every episode of the Frictionless Experience, how do you keep up with what's going on in the industry and stay abreast of current trends? Yeah, so on the uh, it's it's just a whole lot of reading. I'm I'm very much a reader and then and a, a podcast listener now. No, I'm just kidding. I've always been a podcast listener. Uh, so for me, I, I I do tend to focus a little bit more on the technology and, and the performance side. And and one of the best resources for me, honestly, um, Google came out with their, their core web vitals over the last three three or so years. And and uh, there's a lot of body of work over the importance of those and, and kind of how, how can you optimize your site to those metrics. So I I, I spend a lot of time in, in uh, reading in and up on that and, and ensuring like are the technologies that we use are are they helping us from CLS and LCP perspective? Are they hurting us? Um, so a, a lot of time spent there uh, and then just uh, tech. Tech blogging in general is, is, is something where I I, uh, I live in terms of understanding what's going on in the, in the industry. I don't know if it was a blessing or a curse, but Google adding um, SEO as a consideration with Core Web Vitals helps to create better experiences on websites, but then it also punishes those that, that don't necessarily have it. And, and they'll probably slap my wrist for saying punish because it's rewarding those for for doing well is how, how they want to um, say that. But um, as you're going through um, with, with Core Web Vitals, what I find is very cool is it, it's pretty much the first time that we've been able to quantify the user experience because the interactivity of uh, FID slash IMP matters a lot. The stability of the site matters a lot. Those two metrics don't actually exist on the timescale that we would typically consider as like the milestones of like, okay, you have DOM interactive, then, you know, you have onload, then you have timed interactive, then you have, you know, fully rendered or whatever, like all these different metrics that used to exist as like a timescale of from start to finish. These, these exist outside of that. And, and that, that's a UX metric. That's not a performance metric yet. We can quantify it as a performance metric. And that's what helps us to make sure that we're doing right for our customers. Now I've ignored LCP. LCP does exist on that largest contemporary paint does exist on that time scale, but you combine all three of those together. Um, it's, it's kind of a nice little silver bullet for us to just make sure that we have a stable, stable experience. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'll I'll tangent on that a little bit. Um, I, I do think this is actually with with the core web vitals. It's the first time we had measurements that actually truly reflected user experience. Like in the past, we would look at page load time, and you can cheat. Like you can cheat really, really well on metrics like that, but you can't cheat around tricking people into thinking your site's not shifting around the cumulative layout shift when when it actually is like you can't fake that you can't fake when does the most important piece of, or largest piece of content show up on your um so I, I it did definitely raise the bar for what you needed to do to be successful from a user experience and, and perform uh, to an extent a performance perspective but i think at the same time it actually set a clearly understood bar that where you knew if you met it you're actually truly making a difference for your for your users yeah and we also find a lot of business users latch on to it because it's it's easier to understand what it means and why because it's it's not literally tangible you can't go out and grab a website with your hands i guess you could touch a screen but um it just makes sense right like the interactivity the stability and 
the moment where users think you should be interacting, right? That's the three key aspects. It's it's really a nice little uh, trinity. Yeah, yeah, and uh, let's tie this back to seasonality a little bit. Those are things uh, depending on on what you are doing from a, a load testing perspective. You actually can measure those as a part of your load test as well. So again. The way that we do it is is we're actually uh, when we do that end to end test of just the full slick deals on that site, we are actually pushing all of this load into production. So uh, it is actually impacting our users. So we can go back and see in real time, like what as we're running this load test and, and throwing an additional forty thousand users or or whatever the number is that we choose into the site, how are our real users that are all still interacting with that same site? How is their LCP being impacted? How is their like that? That's usually the one that'll that'll move one way or the other, right? But um, sometimes I actually I actually saw a CLS issue that was the result of a, a kind of like a, a race condition. So it, it was actually the first time that I'd seen CLS actually it was impacted because of of a slow connection. Like if somebody had a really fast connection to the site, they didn't experience the CLS because of, of the order of of our JavaScript and how that ran. Was a user with a slower connection, aka somebody on mobile, uh, it actually did have that CLS issue. So it, you'll you'll discover really interesting things um, uh, depending on what you are looking at from a telemetry perspective as, as you're running those load tests, preparing for the, the high seasonal traffic. I like that term, Nick. The holy trinity of frictionless experiences. <laughs> Core Web Vitals. <laughs> yep. It, it'll work. It'll work. And then we can get into the, the, get the microscope out, the vital scope out to, you know, get into the, the depths of it, you know, I like leaning it. right into all your buzzwords. As usual. <laughs> I'm sure Adam's taking notes right now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Mike, what's one final thought that you want to leave our listeners with? Uh, I, I think it's to care about seasonality through the whole year, right? Um, don't wait until, you're a month out from the traffic coming to, to ensure that your site is able to handle that traffic. I, on the business and product side, in my experience, they are thinking about this stuff all the time. And, and from the technology side of things, we, we should have that same uh, rigor around the performance and, and, and scale aspect of seasonality as well. That's a great, great point to leave us on. So thanks for a great conversation, Mike. Where can listeners find you and connect with you? Best place is probably LinkedIn. Uh, that, that is, uh, I, I do check my messages on a pretty regular basis there. Uh, so if anybody has any any questions or wants to talk shop from a performance perspective, I, I love doing it on that platform. Excellent. Well, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Frictionless Experience. Remember to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you can automatically receive notifications when we have new episodes. And be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think and what topics you'd like us to cover. We'd be happy to cover any topic that's causing you friction. And of course, you can find and connect with me and Nick on LinkedIn. Today, we discuss seasonality and its impact on user experiences, the importance of providing a consistent experience during seasonal bursts and throughout the year, and how Mike prepares for peak periods. To recap, here are three frictionless ideas to take the smooth path to trust and loyalty.
Number one, when it comes to preparing for seasonal spikes in traffic such as Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or Amazon Prime Day, Mike explained that Slick's Deals uses load testing to simulate traffic. But they don't just test and monitor the site on the biggest days of the year. Websites are constantly changing, so they should be regularly tested. It's like going to the dentist. You can't just do that once to see the results. Number two, you must collaborate with your teams to prepare for peak periods to help you understand where to spend time testing and ensure your site is ready for increased traffic. Like brushing your teeth, though, it's a daily practice. Mike and his team have an ongoing relationship with other teams, such as business, product, and marketing, to provide a consistent user experience throughout the year. Number three, always have a backup plan and be ready for the unexpected or things to not work. Mike shared a story about unexpected traffic during a popular TV show appearance that caused issues with site performance. They have metrics and tracking implemented on the site to detect where users are going, which helps them adjust their messaging to account for unexpected traffic. This is important because they don't know what deal will resonate the most with the community until the day before or even the day of Black Friday. It's also common to rely on vendors or third-party services and tags. When there is friction during peak periods due to third-party tags, Mike emphasized the importance of detecting those issues and quickly turning off problematic tags until they've been fixed. Lastly, Mike discussed the importance of Google's core web vitals in optimizing website performance and user experiences. He spends a lot of time reading and researching on the topic and how the metrics help quantify user experience and stability of the site. It's the first time measurements truly reflect user experience and set a clearly understood bar for success. Thanks for joining us on The Frictionless Experience. We hope you've gained valuable insights to fuel your digital success. Your frictionless journey is just beginning. For more episodes filled with expert strategies and a sprinkle of digital magic, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, keep optimizing, keep slaying friction, and keep embracing the frictionless revolution.